This is a place where we discuss innovations. Uh, by 2015, it's estimated that it's going to be 9 billion people in the world, and most of those people are going to live in urban areas. Uh, because of that, now more than ever, it's important uh, to talk about smart city innovation or smarter city innovations. So, I have a great pleasure today to welcome uh, Miloš Milosavljevic, founder and CEO of Strawberry Energy. Uh, Miloš is visionary, started to work on a smart city innovation even before the term became valid. Uh, usually every interview, every conversation with you starts with a question about why is the strawberry. So, I don't want to ask that question, I will answer it first and you will tell me if it's good. So you wanted to create a symbol, something new, something fresh. So you decided with the strawberry because it's the first fruit that reaped in spring, right? And because of that, you became the symbol, the strawberry became the symbol of the courage to be first, to be owner of the new era. So Milos, welcome to chair. And uh, I hope that I told the strawberry story good. Yes, you did actually. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Uh, yeah, and actually, you helped a lot. Yeah, this is probably the, the 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 most frequent question we get wherever we go, regardless of the industry of the topic is why strawberries. So this this helps. well, uh, the, the, probably you did a great thing with that name. Yeah, right? yeah. I think yeah. We, we we love our name. It's a very unique. It's very innovative. It's very fresh. Everybody loves it. And literally, like I think that of course, like. Um, it's it, the most important thing is what you do, but of course the name also can help. Uh, and I think we had a great success with like strawberries, especially that it's a little bit counterintuitive. Like when you just hear strawberry, it's not something that like easily uh, comes into mind when you think about smart city innovation. So I think it actually probably added a little bit on on, on kind of on the on the brand image in itself that we have such a uh, cool name. How to come to the idea to innovate something that is so old and I can easily say so dull as sitting yeah. bench? Exactly. So when you when you look actually around uh, around uh, when we look around ourselves, it's uh, uh, there's a bunch of things that actually didn't change much. So uh, we we kind of like all of these things came to uh, to us fairly spontaneously. So we didn't uh, we didn't have an idea to reinvent the bench in itself even though that's we ended up doing. Uh, our, our kind of main idea was to try to, to use solar energy to, to help in some kind of everyday life scenarios. And back in the day when we started Strawberry, it was uh, early, like 2011 or something like that. Uh, I was still in school. I was still uh, studying electrical engineering uh, in Belgrade. And I was fascinated with, with solar energy and its potential. And it was far more uh, forward-looking than it is today. Of course, today everybody knows about it. Back in the day, it was still kind of a early thing, cutting edge. Something. It was expensive, right? It was expensive, but not just... Yes, it was expensive, exactly. It was 10 times more expensive than it is today. Uh, but the thing is, the solar panels was something that you would see in a Star Wars movies, you know? Like, it's not something that you would see in, in, around yourself. Uh, so we kind of... Like, I was fascinated with the question how actually we can bring this cool technology into, into everyday life so that people can actually see it, can benefit out of it. And, and in the same time, it was early days of smartphone revolution in general. So the iPhone just came out a couple of years before that. Uh, so the, the, the civilization started basically moving toward this kind of smart, uh, smartphone lifestyle where actually more and more of your 
daily routine and they, and your life became uh, dependent on a smartphone. So the smartphones basically started consuming more and more of your digital life. Uh, uh, so those two major trends, let's say, kind of uh, converged, and and then we said actually we can use solar energy to recharge uh, smartphones. That was kind of our original idea. So it was not kind of the idea. Okay, you see this bench. Nobody <laughs> kind of reinvented the bench for a thousand years, which is actually the case. Uh, but it was actually the bench just happened to be a, a wonderful medium for for what we wanted to do, and that was to kind of uh, use solar energy to help kind of educate people, to help uh, promote the sustainability, eco-friendly uh, approach of life. Uh, and we ended up basically reinventing the bench uh, uh, in a way that we never kind of originally aimed for. Um. Can you share with our viewers what's the next thing from you guys? Because first was the yeah. tree, right? Yes. Now bench. Yes. So basically, uh, we kind of, as, as you as you as you said in the in the in the in the in the, in the intro, uh, the the strawberry started uh, way before the smart cities uh, was a thing. Of course, today you can hear smart cities wherever you want, and it's and it's it's a huge topic. Uh, uh, but we kind of established ourselves as a smart city tech company, so basically a technology company that, that uh, works in a, a smart cities area uh, with the main goal to help improve uh, public spaces. That's kind of our mission so far. And if you think in those terms, it's very easy to kind of see huge opportunities around yourself. So as, as we mentioned, as you correctly mentioned, uh, when you look around yourself, our cities actually didn't change much. Uh, when you, they, of course, like the, the, the technology changed a lot of our lives in, in, for example, you know, like the, the, the PC revolution, uh, smart homes, uh, electric cars, smart cars, all of these things changed. But when it comes to the public spaces and kind of street furniture, almost nothing changed. So yeah, basically, the are still the same, and the, pretty much the buildings are still the same, but the street furniture is almost identical. So like the 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 the, the benches are the same as they were thousand years ago. Um, a street light is the same pretty much like it was 50 or 1000 years ago. Uh, Payphones are same as they were 50 years ago when they were introduced. So uh, trash cans are the same as they were, I guess, uh, 1000 years ago if they existed in that form. So basically nothing much changed. And, and we actually just saw a huge amount of opportunity in those things because they're quite every single... So public spaces is the only, only thing that actually all of 7 billion people share. Your private home is your private space, but actually the only common thing for all of us on the planet are our public spaces. Parks, streets, squares, campuses, you name it. And they are full of these pieces of street furniture that actually occupy huge amount of spaces. In some cases, very, very busy, very popular, very kind of iconic uh, places. And they, are, they can actually provide way more value than they do today. Uh, so we kind of just focused on actually how we can provide more value to an urban citizen, to urban lifestyle, by reinventing uh, street furniture. We started with the bench because the bench was the, probably the most common piece of street furniture, or at least the most common piece of social street furniture. You probably have more street lights in the world, but you don't engage as a person, you don't engage with them. Uh, so we started with the benches, 
reinvented the bench and we can go jump into that further but uh, and then now we're looking at other things as we speak we are working on a smart payphone the idea was to uh, we have while the benches are still useful in the same way they were a uh, hundred years ago payphones became completely obsolete i don't know any country maybe of course uh, at least any european and western countries that actually that where anybody use a payphone public payphone uh, but in a majority of countries you still have them so we wanted to kind of uh, use that old obsolete infrastructure to convert them into something useful something for the 21st century so we are now working we actually showcased uh, this year uh, in june we showcased the first prototype of the smart payphone which was effectively like a digital uh, touchscreen hub urban hub where you will have a variety of application apps basically and applications relevant to the urban environment to the, the things to help you explore the city to provide relevant information to provide emergency information to to uh, suggest good local places tourist info uh, the places where you can buy a parking tickets you can buy you can book a table in the nearby restaurants anything that can help you improve your urban urban experience I usually always ask a question uh, uh, to to leader who, who I'm having here in chair about the vision of the future. And I'm sure that you especially recently heard so many questions what is going to be with the smart or smarter cities. So I don't want to ask you about that. I want to ask you to give me some specific innovation that you think that will influence smart cities in the future, that will influence... Uh, life itself. Yeah, so there is, uh, as you said, uh, smart city is a huge area and it's very hard to kind of say what will be the most kind of impactful. Uh, and there is a lot of things happening from like, from literally transport, waste management, uh, security, everything literally basically goes into the smart city umbrella. Uh, so it, I think that the, 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 the amount of innovation will be so huge in this area of living that we call smart cities, that it's probably going to be similar to what happened with PC industry maybe like 50 years ago. I like to say when, when I explain to people like where is our industry now, because no, not, not, not many people think about smart cities, it's still an early stage, industry, early phase of the industry. I, I, I like to say to them that the smart cities as an industry is still so early age that it's maybe similar like PC industry was in, in 76. So it's it's there, but it's just the beginning. So it's everybody is still trying to kind of figure out what's the best way to how, how they can do and what, what it can actually uh, develop into. Uh, our, I think, for example, that when it comes to the urban life, uh, um, one of the important areas, even though the strawberry is not working on that at the moment, uh, I think that, for example, transport is... is super important and one of my uh, personal favorites is a self-driving car i think that self-driving as a technology will have a huge impact in in how we live in urban lifestyle uh, in a, so many ways that we probably can like the, that kind of like average person who is not kind of in a, in a kind of in tech uh, probably still don't think about uh, but driving is so essential to to us and we kind of uh, learned that it's necessary, that it's going to kind of change huge amount of things. It will, for example, just imagine like you will be able to 
uh, sleep maybe. So if you commute today, like I do, maybe like half an hour or one hour to work, it's a waste of time. Basically something that it's a huge waste of time. Uh, and even in a small countries like, like like Serbia or Belgrade, but you can imagine in Los Angeles or in any kind of bigger place where you can be stuck in the traffic for for hours and hours every single day. So liberation of this time for people uh, that self-driving technology will kind of give is going to be amazing because you'll be able to, for example, sleep two hours more or you'll be able to maybe work six hours uh, instead of eight because you'll be able to work in in commute as well, even if you have to go to the office, which Corona, of course, now changed the public opinion of is it necessary to go to the office. Uh, you will be able to send the car to pick up your kids from school, to drive them to, the, uh, to their piano lesson or to their sports. Uh, so you will be, you as a kind of average person, will be hugely impacted in a way that then the less congestion on the street will mean healthier air in a higher density areas. It will mean less space dedicated to cars, more space dedicated to walking, to parks, to, to any kind of more human uh, interaction. So I think that, for example, even though that it's not something maybe that you would necessarily think of a smart city technology, for example, self-driving car will change how the city looks and, mm -hmm. and how, the, how we live within the city. So it will be far more, for example, uh, acceptable to live maybe one, one, one hour or one and a half hour from a city center in some kind of quiet place because every day when you commute to the office, you'll be able to sleep, read, watch a movie, do something that otherwise you cannot do because you have to drive. Yeah, it will change the quality of life itself. I think it will be, yeah, I think it will hugely, and probably then it will also impact the, for example, prices, in because it's not it's not going to be necessary to live in a center, for example, anymore. So then people will be able to live in other places. I think it's going to change a lot of things. I want to go, go back to strawberry itself and uh, the things that you do, uh, because in your core it's innovation. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, I want you to share with me of your innovation process or how you make the decision that are uh, innovation based. Yeah, so we we don't have, so there is probably a, a lot of ways to, to think about that. Uh, we always try to, we always try to, to, to focus on a, on a user. In our case, it's a, it's a, it's a person. So we design and manufacture uh, street furniture that's designed for people to use in public spaces. So we always, we always think from, from that kind of perspective, like what is it that you need, that a person needs, uh, in a city environment, in urban environment, that uh, you don't have at the moment or you don't have enough or you don't have enough places that actually we can develop or bring to you by using any of the modern technologies available today. So uh, I, I, we would like to think that at least my kind of personal uh, view is that uh, technology is the best when it's invisible. So we don't like to think in, in, in terms of, okay, uh, technology is, is good for technology's sake. We think that technology is good for people's sake. So we don't, we don't usually, we, don't, uh, we, don't, we try not to think of innovation from a technical point of view, okay, what do we have here, what we can do with this? Which is usually the engineering way of looking at things. Engineers, which I'm also an engineer, but engineers usually 
are so fascinated with the technology itself that they are trying to to see they have some they came across some very cool technology and then they try to innovate something from that technology that they can maybe push to people that's okay maybe in some cases it makes sense uh, uh, but far more kind of natural and I think useful way is to to go to the basic needs and then to try to innovate from that from there so for example in that case uh, we, we, for example we we spoke a lot, we, we spoke a lot with uh, with we, we look at the benches for example as a platform in a way that we have two main uh, resources relevant in the 21st century it's uh, energy and it's uh, internet which enables us to to build on top of that so now we are developing a bunch of features a lot of features for the benches uh, uh, that we can provide to people uh, but we are always trying to to look in a way like what are the needs that people have that maybe we can answer to and we always try to innovate from from that point versus okay we have this cool new technology let's let's think what like, like, let's see how we can push it to the market although that's also a common common uh, example but i think the user centric is more relevant like that's the way how you help people the best way and how you focus more easily and more efficiently your time and energy in the development phase uh, I didn't want to, to, to mention COVID and everything, but you mentioned it earlier, so... <laughs> uh, still 2020. Yeah, we are still in 2020, but I think this show is going to be 2021. Yeah. But let's... <laughs> finally. Finally. Finish up. Uh, I, will, I will ask you a question about yeah. COVID, uh, because uh, it influenced so much more, so many things, right? Yeah. And uh, first businesses, and especially in that part, we are talking about public spaces and everything. There is less people there and everything. How that how inf- how COVID influenced your business and uh, what you needed to do to uh, uh, to buffer that that uh, that thing that uh, that happened with COVID. So basically, uh, it, the COVID situation influenced a huge amount of industries. Of course, some uh, much more than others. Uh, our industry uh, was influenced a lot as well. Uh, as you can imagine, it's not uh, it's not a life saving stuff what we do. In a way that that if you have uh, such a big urgencies like yeah like you had now with, with COVID and everything, uh, almost all public life or at least for a huge portion of the time uh, slow down. Uh, with all of these quarantines, with all of these uh, kind of uh, work from home, stay home orders, uh, uh, less people spend time outside, which of course then resulted in in, in less activities, resulted in kind of. Uh, what we do with the public spaces in smart cities in general just not completely disappearing but becoming a second or third or, or you name it priority so it just fell down on a priority list uh, but again if you if you are speaking about entrepreneurship every crisis is an opportunity at least you need to look at it that way uh, that not that basically in some cases it's doing more of the same in some cases it's doing something different uh, we we tried almost to kind of we all, all we, from the day one we thought about how we can actually maybe adapt what we can do how we can change uh, con- but, but considering that we are in a business that's not necessarily easy to super change everything 
uh, from scratch. What we ended up kind of succeeding the most, we added, of course, some kind of um, messages and communication on the benches and everything all across. Uh, but business-wise, we just realized, for example, and this is just a strawberries case, but I think you probably you can learn, you can take some kind of, you can have some takeaways from there. Uh, uh, majority of our clients uh, basically halted their acti activities. So we had a huge pipeline uh, for 20, uh, 2020, uh, but majority of those things just got frozen in March when, when all of this happened. Uh, so we then try to just focus on what are the new opportunities that emerged like a consequence of, of the COVID situation. And what we learned effectively was that uh, hospitals became overcrowded all of a sudden and in, in, a, in a very unique and different way. We never thought much about hospital public spaces, although they do have them. Uh, but now in COVID, and that's kind of true all around the world, uh, all of the hospitals became full. And regardless of the, did you had an issue with, with COVID or any other issue that you would go to the hospital anyway, they all became full. And because of these, uh, of course, the situation with COVID, uh, it was forbidden to go inside unless you are the patient or it's your turn. So all of a sudden, public spaces in front of the hospitals became crowded. And majority of those places didn't have enough even space to accommodate these people, not, not, not even more to kind of add some useful services relevant to those, to those places. So that we realized that now actually you do need See, while maybe you need you do not need at the moment much sitting places in parks, you actually do need them in the hospitals, in front of the hospitals, because people were queuing outside. And we just done, then started focusing more on these kind of uh, areas. And we had a great success, for example, where uh, we, we focused on these areas. We started working with, with, with any kind of uh, medical centers uh, that we were able to kind of approach. And we had almost 100% uh, kind of yes rate to, to, to whoever we spoke to. And we started adding much more uh, these infrastructure, basically smart, smart benches to, to the public spaces around hospitals to help people who were there uh, take more information, have a place to sit, uh, charge their phones if they need to, or do any kind of this, uh, have a free public Wi-Fi. Uh, and that's how, for example, that's the, 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 the area that kind of we saw the biggest growth. So although, of course, we, we still had a growth in this year, uh, it, it came from a completely unexpected side that we kind of adopted to uh, as a COVID as a COVID kind of uh, consequence. So it's probably not necessarily true for every single market you can think of, uh, but I believe that every that these open up new opportunities. Uh, there is a fantastic example of of uh, one of our uh, friends, basically from the UK, who. They also they were in a similar area. They were creating these um, charging places for coffee shops where you can charge. When you're in the coffee shop, you can charge your phone. These boxes, yeah, like boxes kind of those the things, yeah. Uh, 
similar. And then they started uh, providing uh, hand, hand dispensers for disinfection uh, and it become, because everybody needs them. Their clients basically needed them all of a sudden because they were working a lot with these kind of indoor spaces. So they started working on that and they had a huge success by basically just changing effectively phone charging for hand cleaning uh, because all of their clients needed them. So I think that these, as maybe just goes in without saying, this was a new opportunity in which uh, I hope at least uh, every single business was able to somehow change their approach, change their market, change maybe uh, how they do things and, and, and grab the new opportunity. Of course, maybe it's not the same for everybody, uh, but this was a crisis. The new crisis will be again in probably different shapes and forms. Uh, but as an entrepreneur, you, all, you always need to kind of uh, keep your eyes open for the next big opportunity. Great. So I want to I wanna finish with uh, some more personal question. Yeah. Since I know that uh, you're somebody that uh, loves to read and we talked earlier be before yeah. this, this show and uh, you told me you're going to retreat to, to read some yeah. books. Yeah. So um, I want you to, to give me some uh, uh, idea uh, what what was the best books of 2020 for you and uh -huh. uh, maybe what are you planning to read first in 2021 uh, those are good questions uh, so basically uh, because there's also like I was I'm always not happy with the amount of time I dedicate to reading uh, because there is so much good things to read uh, in a books, in a magazines, in articles, on like you name it, like there is a medium, like a uh, podcast. So basically it's all kind of some kind of content consumption. I, I'm, I'm hiding, I'm kind of, I'm always unhappy with the amount of time I can dedicate on a daily basis. So I, I decided for this kind of, to, to, uh, I think I, I borrowed that uh, concept from uh, Gates. Gates, Bill Gates is an avid reader. So he, I, I heard somewhere that he, every year he was retreating to the mountains, literally like to the cabin without any kind of connectivity, anything really, with a ton of books that he, because he was so busy during the regu regular days, uh, to read that he would kind of accumulate everything and go for like a week or two to read so I'm trying to kind of uh, use that trick to see if it's going to help I'm going to I'm going to take with me a mix of, of some kind of a, a business slash kind of professional uh, books and a little bit of kind of things for, for just for fun to read uh, the best books that I read this year uh, uh, one, it, it's hard to recommend, of course, because everybody has different interests. But one of the books that had a very, very kind of good, uh, feel-good kind of um, uh, attitude was uh, The Ride of a Lifetime from Bob Iger, uh, CEO of Disney. Basically, he, he, it's kind of, it's autobiography uh, where he described his life from literally becoming like the lowest level employee, a boy who kind of drags the cables around the studio to becoming the CEO of Disney. So he spent kind of one way or another his whole, his whole life in, in Disney. So it's a very nice and I think inspiring where you can kind of learn from these kind of people, how they look, what are their 
um, attitude to work, to problems, how they like, how they behave, how what made them, what who they are. So that was probably the most kind of uh, feel good book I, I read this year. Uh, I'm planning to read Harari, uh, the whole three books, which is uh, Sapiens, uh, Homo Deus, and Twenty One Lessons for Twenty First Century. It's been, I'm kind of bringing it with me all the time this year, but I never finished, mm-hmm. never had a chance to finish. I think that's going, that's kind of very popular, very, very trendy. Uh, and uh, I'm planning to, to read them. Uh, there's also a very good, I'm usually reading the books by recommendations. I'm kind of always. Uh, that's why I asked you, actually. <laughs> yeah. So I'm planning to read all, all, also um, uh, Life 3.0. Uh, it's a book about kind of the, 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 future of civilization and everything, but in a very practical way, not in some kind of philosophical way. Uh, I'm planning to read also uh, Thinking Fast and Slow, which is, I think, also a a book to basically help you improve your way of thinking and kind of uh, um, become, uh, learn more how to think productively and fast and and strategically good, good enough. Uh, and the latest thing I'm going to, to probably uh, take with me that I want to read is the book that actually also Gates recommended just a few days ago uh, about uh, I'll, I'll, the, 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 the title is a little bit um, uh, kind of um, not very uh, relevant to the, to the to the book so actually and it's long so i didn't re, i didn't kind of remember all the whole title but the book is about leadership it's about uh, world war ii uh, and how the britain uh, kind of uh, how Chir- churchill came to power and how he actually made his team and how they uh, went through the the blitzkrieg the, the sorry uh, the the uh, battle for britain no actually battle for britain, battle for britain the, the, the bombing air bombing of of the of the london uh, where I think it's kind of again, it's a, in a real world. Uh, it's not a fiction. It's kind of a some kind of a maybe a biography slash history book, uh, but focused on this kind of leadership principles and everything, like like how they actually how they turned turn the, the the destiny and the outcome of the battle for Britain. So I think that that's kind of the the, the thing I I read or I'm going to read in the next in the next hopefully in the next month. Uh, Milos, thank you so much for this conversation. I enjoyed uh, thank extremely. You. Thank uh, you. For you guys uh, there, uh, if you liked today's episode and want to hear more about some other innovations, please subscribe and see you next Thursday. Thank you. Pleasure.